Elizabeth. No, Elizabeth. No, Elizabeth, don't. This is Left Unsupervised with Elizabeth Morales, your comedic host that's done it all. Actress, writer, director, producer, headdresser, bartender, beauty pitcher, organizer, rock and roll, PR expert, talent coordinator, bookkeeper, hostess, makeup artist, wife, mother, and general badass. Now listen as she interviews all of her favorite celebrities, doctors, and entrepreneurs that she's met along the way. So, oh my God, Dana. Here we are, Monday morning, the first day of Daylight Savings Time. Uh, girl, hashtag the struggle is real. I am embarrassed by how much this is affecting me. <laughs> so tired. I stayed up really late to make Sunday gravy, which mm. like anybody who like. Did you have the Jersey Housewives in the background? You know, we didn't. Somebody put like Italian music on in the back. And now in retrospect, I should have had <laughs> the Housewives on in the back would have been so much better. But I was up until two and then two turned into three. Oh my cooking, god because the hour jump i saw the food did you put you posted it on story right i did oh, it looks so good it was so worth it but like the whole meal i was sitting there like you know like when a baby like eats spaghetti and you kind of see them like <laughs> nodding off <laughs> in the spaghetti bowl yeah it's like the spaghetti bowl that's that's what i felt like yesterday eating so oh my god you're gonna start a blog too right i am it actually it'll be out yesterday <laughs> oh my god uh, which is really exciting and i i can't wait uh, What's your so, blog about? Uh, my blog is my mother, before she passed away, started to write me a cookbook, but she never finished it. Oh. And uh, I found the book a couple months after she passed. So about four years ago, I found it. And I am trying to finish the book from where she left off. Oh, my God. That's amazing. Yeah, I'm really excited. Well, it probably gives you a really close connection to your mom. Like, do you feel like she's with you when you're starting to make all these recipes? Can Absolutely. You- it's like a sense memory like that is the closest thing I've ever found found to like a time machine when my house smelled right yesterday right. and that was such like a cool feeling feeling oh that's yeah. amazing so that was great but man i was fucking tired okay but girl next time you do that shit you better like bring some of that to me because i, I know i'm always uh, ready for some good italian <laughs> gravy uh be careful what you wish for because i've got a year <laughs> of blogs coming <laughs> oh my god what did you do I am kind of laying low because I'm doing this Tony Robbins thing this weekend. You know, I've been going through this whatever, these health things that I've been dealing with for six months, which is that damn pancreatitis, which at the end, I think I'm just going to have my gallbladder removed and that's what it's going to end up being. But it's been a struggle, girl. It's, it's you know, I'm like a firecracker. So I'm active and moving and I'm on the go all the time. And this has kind of kicked my ass where I've been struggling to stay above water and stay positive. But I know that the finality is coming soon. Like they're going to figure this out. So I kind of just laid low a little bit and went to my girlfriend's house and she's got like the best closet. Those kind of closets that you see on TV that you want really bad. I basically just tried on a bunch of stuff and I'm shooting with Mr. Troy Jensen. I'm so <gasps> excited. Now, has he ever shot you before? or is Never. You don't understand. I have been on social media for seven years looking at his work. He is an iconic makeup artist and photographer, shoots the Hollywood top of the line. I've never shot with him. It's always been my dream to shoot with him. Yeah. And I'm doing it this week. 
And I'm literally jumping out of my skin of excitement. Okay, we got to talk looks. What are our looks for this? Well, photo I shoot? think I'm going to probably get a new image for the podcast. How cool. A new shot. So that's exciting, you know. We're going to do all different types of look. I'm just going to sit there. I'm nervous as hell because you can stick a movie camera in front of me or a video camera, right? And I'm like, whatever, don't care. You stick me in a photo shoot and it's hilarious because I will make the weirdest faces. It's like, oh, give me your sexy look. And I'll be like, you know? No, absolutely. I, I think this is such a relatable thing for people that, do, especially like people that do comedy. I cannot take myself seriously when no. it's a still photo. I just can't. No. People sometimes, like I've heard like people like they make fun of models or things where it's like, oh, like it's not work. That is work to take yourself seriously in front of a camera. Listen. It's so hard. It's an art form. Yeah. Okay. You see these supermodels. It's no joke. It's like smile with your eyes. And I do that and I get all of a sudden I get cross eyes. It's like I, what the hell is what the hell's happening? Without a, di- I I don't have it in me. I just anytime I get headshots done, the only ones oh I like God, are nightmare. making crazy faces yes. or yes, no, or I'm pointing or, or doing something that is totally inappropriate, scratching my crotch or you know. My favorite pictures of myself, my eyes are closed. I'm like, this is hilarious. I'm like this shot. I hope that you can like dig deep and like find that part of yourself for this shoot. Because that sounds like such a cool, fun experience to have somebody like that. Not only like getting you all dolled up, but also being behind the camera. And He's his doing work everything. Is really incredible. He's it's- doing my hair, makeup, photo shoots, stylizing me. I'm like, this has been, no lie, a dream of mine to shoot with him for the longest time. And I can't believe I'm finally doing it. And I got to tell you, though, I have a stomach ache just thinking about it. <laughs> I don't know why. I know this is not what is happening. I picture a tiger in this in oh, the photo Dana. for some reason. <laughs> You'll see me on all fours. I won't look like a tiger. <laughs> I just picture you with like a tiger on a leash smoking a cigar. That's like to me, like when I think of you, that's like the image I kind of have. Oh, thank you. And I think of me as like a dead cockroach with the, on his back, like with his legs up in the air. That's how I see it. Isn't it so funny? Our perception of ourselves versus oh, like how other people see God. us. Oh my God! Thank God nobody sees me the way I kind of see myself. Sometimes. <laughs> oh, yeah. Mike's like you have body dysmorphia, and I'm like, oh, shut up with that. I do not, but I think sometimes I do. I think uh, all of Don't us, we have all? Per- yeah, have perceptions of ourselves that are like listening to your own voice is like cringy. Yet oh, people yeah. still love us and adore us. But when we hear it, we're like, oh God. Yeah, we're like. Oh, I sound like that. You know, I usually sound like, you know, in the mornings, me and Mike will go away for the weekend. We have our weekend getaway, you know, Mm -hmm. because, you know, we're parents and you get involved in everyday life. So we've been together for 22 years. So we got to keep it hot, girl. And the only way to keep it hot is you got to go away on the weekend, have your little sexcapades and, you know, drink and let loose. I'll wake up in the morning and I'll roll over and I'll call for room service. And it never fails. They call me Mr. Rubin. Every single time. (laughs) Every single time. They think I'm a man on the phone because I have my low, raspy voice in the morning and I always sound (laughs) like a dude. It's so funny. That is so funny. Do you guys have like favorite 
places for like getaways? So we do these little mini getaways. It might even be like a night. So I love the Sunset Marquee. I don't know why. I just love that place. The pool area is awesome. You just sit there, you drink, and you, you just feel like you're away, you know? Yeah, I, I love hotels. I, ah, love, I love, love them. Love, I love a hotel. I love like a good Airbnb. I just like myself on vacation, even if it's just for a night or something like that. I really love it. Listen, one night away from everything, every responsibility, which is I love my dogs, but, you know, I can never sleep in on the weekend because they are, like, on the bed, ready to go at, like, 7 in the morning. And when you're, you're home, you're, the phone's ringing. You never really get to disconnect. So we like to go away. I think that's why we've been married together for 22 years because we, we're keeping it fresh all the time. you got to get away from real life and then just go and bond and connect without – the same environment, you know? I didn't realize how long you guys were together before you had Aiden. You guys had, like, you guys kind of did the thing that everybody hopes to do is, like, you guys traveled and were married and did, like, a lot of stuff and oh, then okay. did the kid later. Can I tell you that my poor husband had such a challenge with me because I am the dude in the relationship when we first got together. <laughs> you know, I was the one that wanted no commitment. When I met him, our first date, I had gotten out of a couple bad relationships, and so I was just like, this is the year of Elizabeth. I had taken time off. I didn't want to have a relationship. I was like, sex complicates everything. This is the year of Elizabeth. And that's the year I met Mike. Of course it is. Of course. Of course. When you don't want a relationship. Mm -hmm. When I was looking for it, I picked all the wrong guys. You know, when I was like, screw this. This is me time. I definitely want to get back on topic, but I do have a, a tangential question. What was like your type before Mike? Who were like these wrong guys? Wise. They were dark. Like, uh, you know, they, they always have like a dark element about them. Muy macho. <laughs> you know, you remember, I don't know, you're too young, but there used to be this skit on uh, SNL and it's like, ¿Quién es más macho? Fernando Lamas or Ricardo Montalban? You know? <laughs> <laughs> so I would get these like super macho, like Italian, like my ex was Italian Sicilian who wanted to control. I cannot be controlled. And so I would always get these controlling guys. But my dad was kind of like that. So I think I picked my dad. My dad had a very dark side, very controlling, very jealous. And so I guess that's what I would gravitate to. And what is sweet Mike Rubenstein like? (laughs) Well, first of all, I thought he was Italian when I first met him. So I met him through a friend. I was helping a friend out at work. And he shows up. The next day, his employee comes in and he's like, hey, were you were you uh, in uh, Brian's office? And I go, yeah. He goes, well, my boss came in here and he was like all about you. And I'm like, oh, really? Who's your boss? And he's like, Mike Rubenstein. And and then uh, I go, well, who's that? And he's like, he had long hair. So Mike had long hair down. It was almost waist, all his ears pierced. And, you know, he's got sleeves of tattoos. And I was like, Oh, yeah, no, I did that in the 80s. Not, not <laughs> 80s, 90s, not not down with it. <laughs> and one day Mike calls me and asks me out on a date. And uh, he's kind of nervous about asking me. And I'm like, yeah, well, you know, yeah, let's, uh, let's go to a happy hour with a group. And he goes, well, you know, Mike's a very shy guy. He's like, well, I'd rather not, I'm not into the group thing. He goes, I'm more into like getting to know you one-on-one because with the group thing, it's just, you, you know, I won't really be able to get to talk to you. And I'm thinking, oh, God, this high maintenance, really? And I'm like, okay, fine. So let's go out. That poor man, our first date, I was sitting there telling him, I don't 
want no man that's going to tell me what to do. I don't want no man. I'm not looking for a relationship. You want a good time? I'm your girl. If you want a relationship, I'm not your girl. This is the year of Elizabeth. <laughs> He still oh. called me the next day oh. <laughs> and oh. sent me flowers. Oh, my God. Crazy, right? That doesn't – you're very lucky you I'm were dating so then. that – lucky. He didn't say much. I called my girlfriend. I'm like, this guy, no. He doesn't even talk. And she's like, well, did you give him a chance? And I'm like, yeah, I gave him my list of things that I don't want and what I'm not going to do. And she's like, I got the flowers. And I was like, okay, I'll go out with him maybe one more time. You know, he sent me flowers. I feel really bad. Girl, third date, I call my girlfriend. I'm like, okay, this guy is scaring me. He's like, seems like the type you'd get married. And (gasps) screw that. I don't, I didn't ever want to get married or have kids. I was like, screw this. I don't want to ever see him again. Because of this friend, I'm still with Mike. She said, don't do that. Stop being scared of relationships you might miss out on the best thing that ever came your way. And I was like, all right. (laughs) A month later, I move in with him. (gasps) Oh, my God. We've been together ever since. Six months into it, we go to Europe. We get back from Europe, and I'm panicked. I was like, when I moved, I was bawling, and I was like, I'm losing my independence. And Mike gives me money, and he goes, go out with your girlfriends. I'm going to move you. He (gasps) moved me while I was having a nervous breakdown about losing my independence. Okay. Yes. I remember within six months later, I'm like, I don't know if I could do this. You know, I don't know. And da da da. And I and he gets home one day, and I'm kind of packing, getting ready to leave. And he walks in, and he's like, "What are you doing?" And I'm like, well, "I don't know if I could do this." You know. We sit down, and I go, "Well, here's your key. Yeah, I think I'm going to move out. This is this is too much for me to handle." And he's like, "I thought he was going to try and talk me out of it." He called my bluff. <gasps> okay. He goes, "Oh, really?" Okay, well, if you want to do that, I totally understand. But I'm not going to be in a relationship where I'm not sure if you're going to be here or not or you're going to stay or not stay. So I think it's best then, if that's how you feel, that you leave. And I looked at him. I got so pissed. I go, (laughs) I'm not going anywhere. (laughs) Um, Mike has proved he's a badass in so many different ways in this story. Oh, my gosh. And also, like, yeah, like now, like, knowing Aiden, who's, like, such a doll, like, it makes perfect sense. Like, he seems like such a lovely combo of both of you. And I'm telling you, this fear of getting married, because, you know, my all my family is a mess with marriages. You know, my mom's been married three times. My dad was married three times. My brother's been married twice. I was like, screw this. I don't want to get married. But it's interesting now, in retrospect, how fear can really fuck you up. Because I would have never had this amazing family that I have now. Like, I thought I'd never wanted to have kids, but that was all fear-based. I have a kid now. I can't imagine not having it. I love him to death. He's like everything to me. And this amazing husband that just supports me in any crazy thing that I decide to do, he's like, go for it, baby. You know, we go out. He's the shy, quiet one. And I'm on the table dancing. And everybody be like, oh, there's Elizabeth. And he's like, yeah, that's my baby. (laughs) Um, I mean, what a lovely, like, it feels like you're yin and yang. I think, like, often, especially, like, when people date young, you're either looking for a parent that you had a misconnection with or somebody that's so similar to you. that, Or somebody to fix you. 
for sure. Women tend to look for somebody that they hope that they could change. And men are like, please stay this easy going forever. And nobody can live up to that. So when you find somebody that compliments you as opposed to matches, I think that that's what happens. You have somebody that completes you. (laughs) Yeah. And you know what? He's no pushover either. You know, I will drive him nuts. You know, I'm Cuban. I'm loud. I'm emotional. He's like nice, quiet Jewish boy, you know. But I know when he's (laughs) like – Yeah, he's like, Elizabeth, enough. I'm like, oh, shit. Okay, I better shut up. (laughs) (laughs) I know. I know how far to push, you know. (laughs) Oh, my God. What about you? What's your dating situation? I am – I think I'm kind of where you were when you started this journey with my – where I'm like – It's the year Dana. Yeah. I – my generation doesn't get fucking flowers. We get HPV. It's just the worst (laughs) – there's no, there's nothing good left. And dick and, pics. And, yeah, dick pics. And you'll date somebody for like a few months and then they'll literally just stop speaking to you. Like it, it's So truly, they ghost you. Yeah, you get ghosted. I just learned that terminology. Yeah, for <laughs> exactly. So like not only do people like not properly date, they don't properly break up. You're in like a weird nebulous forever of just hoping to not run into a lot of people. I'm I'm over. I'm done <laughs> for a little bit at least. I'm, I'm exhausted. The swiping, the up, the down, the side, the left, the down. I, I have no idea. I don't know what I would do if I were single now because I would have an issue, I think. Because I'm a ball buster. I would not allow like dick pics and shit like that on my second date. It's unnatural. Like everything about it feels weird because I think like being in between generations and I, I've talked about this a little bit on our Valentine's Day episode, but I grew up with these ideal like ideas and like romantic comedies and all of these stories that my mom would tell me about like when she dated all of these things that I learned to be the way that people meet and people date. And then the second I hit adulthood, boom. <laughs> The rules go completely out the window. There's no structure to stuff anymore. You go out to a bar now, everybody's on their phone swiping. When you go to a people. concert and people are watching the concert through the phone. It drives me fucking crazy. Which is like, it's very hard to connect or meet people. I, I think like I might be done with apps forever. I don't think that they're for me. I have only ever had bad experiences, right. I think, kind of through them. And again, I'm sure there's like my version of the friend that you had that's like, Dana, don't. <laughs> <laughs> Not, yeah. but for right now, I can't shop for people. <laughs> well, Dana's a cutie guy, so um, we need to do a dating show. We should do a dating show with I you. I know. We talked about it. Look, you well, you have carte blanche to set me up. I trust you. It seems like you've got like a good grasp on like what would be good for me compared to what I think would be good because I pick terrible. I will be your picker, and I'm a tough cookie, so... If they're going to be in, they're going to have to prove themselves. I think, too, it's kind of weird because I feel like people have lowered their standards a little bit about what they expect from another person. Oh, get this, right? So we have, at least my generation at least, we have lowered the bar so much of expectations that basic (laughs) common courtesy has become chivalry. (laughs) And here's what I mean. I dated somebody a few months ago. I wish you guys could see Dana's face right now. (laughs) I'm pissed. So... This person called me on the phone. And I tell my friend. Oh, my God. He called. He called. Wow. She goes, oh, my God, marry him. (laughs) We have lowered it. So low. So low. Oh, my God. That that is where, like, what did we do? 
It's not funny. Stop laughing. This is ridiculous. <laughs> I'm sorry. I know. I'm horrified. It's, I know. It's, I'm laughing. It's, it's a nervous laugh. I'm horrified, <laughs> but yet it's funny as no, shit, No, I'm too. kidding. I mean, it's, it's truly, uh, I fear I have a sister I have a sister who's 16. I'm like, I don't know what I'm going to tell her. I wouldn't know. If somebody opened a door for me, I think I'd drop dead. I don't even <laughs> know what. Oh, my God. What would you, what would happen? We have to experiment. What would happen if you would just stand there? Like, listen, I'm a, I'm a feminist. 100%. Oh, my. I'm not. Open my door. Pay for things. I but want that's the stuff. Different. I think that's chivalry, right? <laughs> yeah. I, I want my door open. I don't believe in this bullshit. Oh, like, men want their door open, too. Well, yeah, too bad. <laughs> Women do other things. You know, I They're, love to cook for my husband or do something. I, I love my door open. He still opens a car door for me sometimes when we go out on dates. That's, you know, our date nights. I, I, you got to knock it off at this point. This is getting too cute. Well, <laughs> <laughs> listen, you know, everybody has their things, but I think you have to say what you want in the very beginning, which is something that I never did with other relationships. With Mike, from the very start, we sat there and we said exactly what we want. And guess what? If it scares them, bye, Felicia. Well, that's the other thing is, uh, God forbid you date now and act like you want to be dating. You have to be so (laughs) aloof. You have You're to. Killing me I right know. Now. Oh my! It's everybody's like a. You have to pretend that you don't want to talk to the person. I set alarms on my phone to text people back, so that I don't seem so eager. Oh my God. I'm, I'm the most anxious butterfly on the planet. My phone is constantly in my hand. If you have spent more than 15 minutes with me, you know that. Yeah. For some reason, I've got to throw my phone like a football away from me the second somebody texts me because oh I'm like, God. I have to wait 45 minutes before and. There's so many rules in that aspect where it's you have to be so aloof that it becomes appealing that they think that you're too busy to it's it's so complicated. Okay, I have ADD. I'm already lost and I have anxiety right now just listening to this shit. I think that that's why I'm just done. I'm like I I work two jobs. I pursuing a career. I have so many other things that to add dating into the mix of things. Unless I'm getting fucking paid, I don't have time for this right now because it is a full-time job trying to maneuver around. One, so you get on an app, right? Which makes it seem like, yes, I'd like to date, right? That should be what you're saying to the universe, to every person that's on there. Yet, when you go on a date, everybody's like, I'm not really looking for anything right now. I'm like, what the fuck were you doing on there? And then I got to go, yeah, me neither. Well, I drink a margarita I didn't want because I panic ordered. And I'm sick of going to Studio City. Studio it's not central. And a salad. I don't want to order any more salads and margaritas with these people that I that don't want to date. Well, the only people, too. Oh, my God. Because if you act like you don't care, which is only when I don't care. Because if I like you, it's very obvious. I'm not talking. I'm not. You, you shut down. I shut down. Oh, my God. I, I shut down so hard. I, I can't really. Like, this doesn't happen when I when somebody I find attractive is around. What would what would happen if you just did? Do you ever watch Seinfeld? Mm-hmm. You remember when George Costanza did everything that he, that he would normally not do and did the opposite? Well, that's what happens when I don't like somebody. Those are the people that won't stop texting me after dates like that, where I'm like, I'm gonna have cheese fries and like I'm gonna <laughs> like I'm like I don't I don't want to see this person again. I don't care. It's whatever. <laughs> You're like Big Mac, <laughs> milkshake, pay the bill. Yeah, I, like, start talking about, like, I don't like my dad. Like, all these things. Like, <laughs> I have daddy issues. Yeah, like, I'll just, <laughs> I'll go off. And then that's, like, Steve Bumble won't stop texting me. And I'm like, I wasn't interested. 
<laughs> well, maybe that's what you should do when you like a guy. Like throw caution to the wind. Just be like the most obnoxious. That's what happened with me and Mike. I was like, <laughs> uh, I don't care. I, you know, the most obnoxious. I think it's when you don't give a shit. It's only when you don't give a shit. Like, truly. I, like, I have a couple people on my phone that have been talking to themselves for months. <laughs> I haven't even responded. <laughs> my girlfriends that are in their 40s are having a rough time with this dating stuff. They are, they just don't know. Even with, like, just, I don't know, play dates. They're all virtual play dates. Like, I literally, my son will have kids come over and they'll sit in front of the computer and talk to each other through the computer and they're in the same room. And I'm like, guys, go outside to the tennis court, start shooting some hoops. I literally make them get up. And my friend has a basket in the in the front entrance. And so when the kids come over to play, you have to put your phone in the basket. <laughs> so it makes them interact and they don't know what to do. But then once they get over that, they're having a blast. Yeah. I mean, of, of course. And your, your yard, fucking great. Again, I don't understand... I had, a, like, kind of the luxury of, like, I played outside as a kid and then this technology, like, it hit a little bit later. Like, So are you a, are you considered a millennial? Mm-hmm. Your age, right? Okay. Yeah. Your age, your age. So, like, I still, like, I grew up where, like, outside was a big deal. But okay. uh, <laughs> fresh air. Fresh was. air. <laughs> it was, yeah, it was you're in or you're out. <laughs> Explain something to me. I don't want to generalize and I don't want anybody to get upset with me. But just I've noticed that millennials have 50 million jobs. They have no one job that they really want to do. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Can can you explain that a little bit? And I'm not being facetious. I'm trying to really kind of figure it out. I had a lot of jobs, but there was always one that, like, when I was, like, my son's age, Mm -hmm. I couldn't wait to drive, right? And he's not a millennial. I think he's Gen X is what they call it. Yeah, he's probably what my sister is, which is, yeah, Gen X. Yeah. After 2002, Right? I think yeah. so. Yeah. But they don't want to drive. It's like, it's not, a, I go, hey, do you want to go? Ah, uh, nah. You know, and millennials, they rather not have a car. Like my niece rather just Uber everywhere. Like I couldn't wait to have my car. Can you explain a little bit? Like I think what a lot of. I sound like an idiot right now, but. Oh, no, I, I, I'm going to sound like an idiot now, too. None of the jobs that we are kind of offered in general like you kind of come out of college and come out of school and you have something like you want to pursue for for me I needed like the flexibility to kind of do what I needed to do for comedy right but what I find most people have said is the problem is you get these entry level jobs you don't get health insurance you don't get any benefits you get no benefits right and I think that not having benefits for a lot of us kind of forces us to have these three or four or five jobs to supplement Right. And I think like what we're learning kind of as a generation is it's really hard to own something. Like if you're paying insurance on a car and gas and all of these things. Student loans. Like even a lot of kids don't want to go finish. My niece doesn't want to finish some of her college because she's like, I don't want to be in debt for the rest of my life. You're truly in debt well into your 40s. And and that's, you know, best case scenario for a lot of people. And because rent is insane, like uh, it's, it's almost impossible to to find a two-bedroom apartment for under $2,400 in yeah. this city. So, Especially in this city or New York. New yeah. York. I mean, even... Metropolitan cities. Any metropolitan city. Yeah. So when you think about entry-level jobs, you're paying about modestly $1,200 in rent. 
Oh, my God. You Car insurance is extremely expensive. Then you've got to pay out of pocket for health insurance because a lot of our jobs won't let you work. That's another thing, too, is most jobs keep you under 30 hours to not be a, to not, not, have, to to not have health insurance. So right. the generation above us has found loopholes to keep people that are coming into industries without. So you have to supplement. Like, I know a lot of people that work at the restaurant that I do that have full-time jobs that need to supplement on the weekend just to pay for basic needs. Right. So I find that that tends to be where a lot of it comes from is to just pay for your basic needs because, you know, if your rent is 600 bucks, you can kind of have one job. Right. When half of your income goes to rent, you kind of need to Plus, when you live in the city, you need transportation, especially in L.A., because you don't have public transportation like New York has, you know. For sure. Yeah. So that also. Well, thank you for schooling me, because I was like, okay, the millennials have 20 million jobs and are dedicated to none of them. They're like, it's like they're just kind of going through. But that makes sense to me. You guys are coming up in a different like time. But there's also a great thing about millennials and you have a bad date, you can just call an Uber. I had a bad date. I would have to make up a story, go to the bathroom, call a cab, hope the guy wouldn't come out looking for me, hide, and then jump in the cab and go. You know, you know what's so funny? <laughs> when you say that, I'm like, oh, you have to have cash on you. You do. Yeah. My aunt used to say when I go on dates, she's like, do you have your mad money? And I was like, what's mad money? And the mad money is the date's not going good and you want to get the hell out of there, you have to have cash so you can get in a cab. So I always had my mad money. I uh, dashed on a lot of dates, first dates. Like, I didn't have the patience. Like, if it was not going good, I would get the hell out of there. I've hidden in so many places. <laughs> bathroom stalls, standing on the bathroom toilet in case the guy sent the, a girl to look for me in the bathroom, you know, oh my while I was waiting for a cab. I didn't have much patience to go. I was a horrible single person. I think I... <laughs> <laughs> I, I I just didn't want to deal with, you know, crap. After a certain time, you know, I went through so many bad relationships that I was like, you know what? Screw this. I'm not going to waste my time. Bad date. Mad money. Yes. I'm out of here. And wow. then yeah. we didn't have cell phones. So I'd get home to a litany of, you know, bad messages of guys like losing their shit on my recorder. But I was like, mm, well, I remember one time it took me like four attempts to like tell this guy I didn't want to see him anymore. And he just didn't understand. He kept calling me and then one day I just lost my shit and I started screaming on the phone like what don't you understand <laughs> and my roommate comes in and she's on the floor she's like laughing her ass off she's like what are you doing and I'm like he's not getting it we died. I had tears rolling down my face, like laughing so hard the guy couldn't <laughs> just couldn't get it. And so, it, you know, there was no call blocker or anything like that. You know, you just had to deal with it face to face. And you know what? I have to say, we need to stop teaching women to play hard to get. And we need to stop teaching men that if a woman says no, that she means yes, because it's it's that it's we're t- we're taught that this he is, just didn't understand. He can't understand. And also because some women do that when they do. And it's hard to sometimes like drive into somebody's head like, no, I'm saying no because I mean no. I don't like you. And they're right. like, okay, I get it. When you am I picking you time. up? You little, little time. Yeah. <laughs> well, also the, the lucky thing is you didn't really see 
in, in that scenario, before phones, before Instagram, you don't have to watch their next relationship. Oh, God. Yeah. Well, I would have, like, welcomed that one because he was hard to get rid of. Like, it's comical now. I mean, I felt bad for him. You know, I don't want to hurt anybody's feelings, but I, I also am not about candy coating shit either, you know? Well, no, it's not. I mean, I tried nice the first time. By yeah. the fourth time, I'm screaming and he's still, <laughs> I don't get it, you know? Yeah, you don't start screaming. You yeah. work your way up to it. <laughs> Until he hears me. (laughs) Because, you know, it's funny that I'm in my 40s. You're in your late 20s. Different generations, we have different things. There's also a commonality. There's so many parallels. Yeah. Everything you're saying, I'm like, We're still human and we still have those human instincts and those, even you that grew up in a time where everything is electronic, you still want that human connection. There's things that don't change regardless of generation. For sure. I think if anything, I want it more because I miss it. I've never really even been to like a concert or a show without people's phones being like the lighters. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, it's so funny. You go to a rock concert. You actually had a real lighter. They don't even let you bring them in now. Bring your vape, right? (laughs) That is true. Yeah, you can't bring a real lighter in, but I could vape. Yeah. The amount of times I've like vaped into like my bra, like just blowing into my shirt. I'm like, I don't know who I think I'm fooling. People know what I'm doing. I had like a, a great moment with uh, last week's uh, guest Santina. We were at a show and we were like hitting a vape in the audience and I blew it into my shirt. It's like coming out of my neck and like my sleeves. Smoking. Do you think people can't see you? You know, it's vape. They can't. I, I'm like smoking vape weed inside. I'm just like blowing it. Vape, vape almost makes you feel invisible. Yeah, I feel I'm like nobody will see me. I'm like, if I close my eyes, you can't see me, which is so dumb. But like, I would never do it with a cigarette. I would never like light a cigarette in a room and try and blow it into my shirt. Oh, but with a vape, there I am, like like a smoke monster. I feel like a kid with like a cigarette behind their back. Like, no, I'm not. So you know, it was uh, Women's International Day. Mm -hmm. Driving over here, my son's the. out of school today and you know you know how he's always dropping knowledge on me oh he's the smartest kid I've ever met <laughs> okay it's scary because like I said half the time he tells me these facts and I'm like oh really oh yeah yeah and then I go to the next room and I gotta research this because a lot of times I don't even know what he's talking about like he is more politically in tune than I am I'll pick him up at school he's got political alerts on his phone and I'll be like Aiden just be 14 and he's like well mama we're the generation of change so if we're going to make change we need to be informed so he's really informed and he's got very strong opinions that sometimes I'm like you can't write that on social media you know I'm like especially he either wants to be a politician or a lawyer and I said you know this stuff is on there for Ever. So you got to be careful because, you know, like social media was pretty primitive when I was 14. Like I had like a MySpace and like that stuff. But I can't imagine everything my whole life being on there. I think from the time I'm like about his age, it's on there. But yeah, it's it's crazy to think about like. But if he was ever going to be a politician or even a, a lawyer, he wants to be a civil rights lawyer. I think that posting anything political right now. I could see 20 years down the road some something being pulled out and just, oh, yeah, well, I was 14. Well, it doesn't matter, you know, because don't like him writing a lot. But, he man, he dropped some knowledge on me. And he dropped a little knowledge on me today on the way here. And uh, I think I send it to you, right? Yes, I'm and, pulling it up right now. Yeah. it's So it used to be called 
International Working Women's Day. And it was originally created by a socialist party of New York in 1910. The day was predominantly celebrated in the communist and socialist countries. What else does it say there? Then the UN in 1975 took away the working part of Women's Day. And that is how International Women's Day was founded. The main goal was for women to fight the patriarchy and spread the message of a class struggle to take down their capitalist overlords. Okay. I mean, girls. <laughs> I mean, snap, snap. That's the kind of knowledge that my son drops on me. Like, oh, do you know how Women's International Day got started? And not, I'm a woman. I should know this. I'm like, no. And in the car, he's like, well, da-da-da-da. And he starts to tell me all this. And I'm like, holy crap. Like, who would have thunk it? It sounds very superhero-y. Especially with this kind of like the language. Sounds like a Wonder Woman kind of episode. Yeah. Or or movie. I picture, because it's like 1910. So I picture like very uh, – it's in black and white in my head and these like superhero style ladies. Oh, yeah. Kind of taking over Scarface type. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, God. Yeah. This is the year of the woman. I'm really glad that things are changing and that um, by this I want to say I love men. I am a feminist, but I love men. What I do love about what's happening now is that there is an awareness because even in my – 500 jobs that I've had in my lifetime. I pretty much in every job when I was younger, I got harassed. And it was kind of like just you kind of laughed it off because you had to like or you did what I did once where I sucker punched my boss and he fell out. (laughs) I was just like, uh, but you kind of got used to it. And I think now people are going to think twice about doing that. I think that that's the most impressive part is I I think because of a dialogue, because people are saying there's an awareness, there's an awareness that's that's being people are being woke, I would say. If anything is happening, you know, I, I think change is going to take a very, very long time. But what I do really love about what has been happening is people are thinking before they're speaking and they're catching themselves even in moments. And also now that I have a platform and a a voice to say, hey, you can't speak to me like that. I know you're my boss. I know, but you do not have my permission. And it's not okay for you to talk to me that way. Right. And I love that we have these men that have become woman warriors. Like there's a lot of men that are really, you know, 100% back in these women. And I think that's, that's a beautiful thing. Like I think change is, is really coming and enlightening is really coming. Yeah, and it sounds like you have two really incredible supportive men in your day-to-day life that are so supportive of you and and are really, really great. Well, I would love to wish you a happy national or international Women's Day. I think you're such a badass. Uh, Oh, thank you. You've kind of done everything, and I think it's really amazing for, like you said, somebody who's a little bit – younger generation uh, after you to to see somebody who's done jobs the way that I'm kind of working, kind of been all over the gambit and landed on your feet and are such a badass. And uh, Aww, such, Thank you, Dana. I feel the same way about you. Yeah, I think it's really incredible how, I mean, you, you're supporting women, you support women with your show. I think you're always promoting the message of what this week is about with your work. And Aww, I think that- Thank you. I support women. I support men. I love you know, I just support humanity. If you're a good person, I love you. Times are changing. Thank you, everybody, for listening. I want to do this again. Yes, please. Thanks for listening to Left Unsupervised. Don't forget to stalk us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Left Unsupervised Podcast. We'll catch you guys next week. Thanks for listening. Bye.